of the New York Jets scored a touchdown at Cleveland last night then acted like he was wiping his butt with the football after that he threw it in the crowd at Cleveland after having played for the Browns the last four seasons hey it was the Jets and Browns you could have wiped your butt with either jersey there was certainly no shortage of toilet paper is it just me or have the touchdown celebrations been mostly lame since the NFL okayed him before last year. My primary takeaway from that Pizza Hut commercial is that A.B. and Juju really aren't that great at dancing. But hey, nobody out pizzas the hut. And by the way, I think just about everybody out pizzas the hut. I really want to try that Papa John's Italian hero pizza. But I guess I'd be considered a racist if I did. Papa John should make an African-American hero, hero pizza, by way of making amends. Maybe do a co-promotion with Colonel Sanders. Fairies wear boots and you gotta believe me. Papa John's, if you're listening, Send one over right now, yeah. But just Italian hero. That's the only Papa John's pizza I've interested in trying. That wasn't the best Fairies Wear Boots segment ever, but I'm not too motivated. It's a football Friday, but the Steelers play on Monday. I mean, yuck. Fairies Wear Boots brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. I'm working on a column about the Steelers' defense for Sunday's trip. They missed 17 tackles against Kansas City. They defended one pass against Kansas City. The bar's not set real high. It almost can't help but be better Monday night at Tampa. Oh, by the way, Isaiah Crowell, who wiped his butt with the ball, he played for the Browns the last four years including the 1-31 teams of the last two seasons. Uh, then he came back to Cleveland with the Jets and lost. So here's this dunderhead. Goes 1-31 with Cleveland the last two years. Comes back this year as a Jet and tries to show up the fans and the team. He obviously performed at a very disappointing level with, otherwise they might have done better than 1-31. and 31. If anything was excrement covered after last night's game, it was more likely to be Isaiah Crowell than the football. Uh, some jerkass from Aliquippa was on Twitter taunting me and Mike White, the high school writer from the Post-Gazette, because Aliquippa High School football is undefeated. The adult's like, ah, I thought that fell apart without Zemanic. Ha ha. Einstein. Nobody thought Aliquippa would fall apart this year. They're loaded. That's why they made the coaching change when they did, so the new coach could come in and win, 
and it would look like Zemanic was no big deal. Impeccable timing. But Alec Quipple was ranked number one in the Whippeal and the state before the year started. So, to repeat, no one thought they would fall apart. But the black community has its black coach, and I'm told Mike Warfield, the new coach, he's a good man and doing a good job. But another good man and good coach got screwed in the process, and that's Mike Zemanic. But as I've often said, while I think Mike Zemanic got screwed, and I thought the way it was handled was utterly duplicitous, just say you want a black coach to represent the black community. Be honest. Don't say Zemanic didn't do a good job and should have won more than one state title. I went to Shaler. We haven't won any state titles in football. And it doesn't look like we're going to anytime soon, to the point where, for me, we is North Hills 4-0. Uh, I'm not black. It's not my community. If Aliquippa is happier this way, so be it. But don't act like everybody said that suck without Zemanic coaching. Because no one said that. In fact, myself, and for that matter, Mike White, said exactly the opposite. I'm disappointed I got no conversation on yesterday's show about the two kids from Hampton who transferred to North Catholic to play basketball for their dad, the new head coach, and the Whippeal won't let them. The De Gregorios. That's so dumb. Not letting two kids play basketball for their father. That's so dumb, but I guess nobody cares. But like I said on the bright side, North Hills High School is 4-0, plays Peters Township tonight. Peters is 3-1, should be a good game. Come on, you Indians. Talking about high school sports makes you think. What if a high school player, even a great high school player, didn't show up for practice or for meetings? Do you think he'd play the next game? Because I don't think he would. The concept does trickle up, or should, whether you think that or not. In any team sport, Everybody's supposed to have the same accountability. Antonio Brown just shouldn't be playing Monday. Bill Belichick benched a defensive starter in the Super Bowl because of alleged shenanigans. Malcolm Butler. And the Patriots lost, and some players didn't like him, but at least somebody was in charge. What's going on with the Steelers right now? Nobody's really in charge. The closest guy to being in charge is Antonio Brown. I love when people say that maybe A.B. had a good reason to not be there Monday. A, the only good reason would be a legitimate family emergency. B, if there was a good reason, like a legitimate family emergency, A.B. would have told us to deflect the heat. But there wasn't a good reason. But A.B. so passionate. He cares so much. Blah, 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 blah. But the big story is the defense. I bet the defense likes A.B. The defense got us talking about A.B. Instead of talking about 17 missed tackles and one defended pass. If you didn't put anybody out there on defense, if you let their 11 guys play against nobody, the numbers wouldn't be much worse than that. The score would be, marginally, well, not if you're playing Cleveland. 
Although they did win last night. I I can't get over that you, Jackson, the coach, won't name Baker Mayfield his starter. What are you thinking about Tyrod Taylor's feelings? Tyrod Taylor's just happy to have a job in the league. And probably not for much longer. Let's go to Jeff in Newcastle. Jeff, Jeff, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Jeff, you're on the air. Jeff wanted to talk about Pitt in the Atlantic Coast Conference, so I'm grateful he hung up. 412-333-9939, the number to call up. You know, the thing, and maybe this is the method to AB's madness. Maybe the reason he no-showed the meetings Monday and yelled at Randy Fickner on Sunday and skipped out on the press after the game Sunday, maybe it's because he's not doing so good. Maybe it's because he's not playing very well. Maybe this is Antonio Brown's smokescreen. And if you don't think he's cunning enough to do that by way of a smokescreen, boy, you've not paid attention. A.B. has been very ordinary. Forget the shenanigans. He hasn't been a game-breaker. It's a cunning stunt. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter. We got Colby Armstrong at at 515. That's going to be great. That's always going to be great. He was at the Children's Hospital Radiothon. And there was some kind of bet over who could get people to call in and pledge more money. Army or Brett Kiesel. And if Kiesel won, he'd, he'd get to put Army through a football workout. But Army won, so now he gets to make Kiesel do a bag skate. A bag skate being, you skate your bag off, you go around the rink at top speed a bunch of times. I haven't seen Kiesel skate, but it strikes me that might take a while. And also, Army's beer league team, here's something that's so Army. He's on Twitter the, the day of the beer league final. And he said, I'll be posting the picture of us with the trophy later tonight. And he does that with no small amount of irony because he's an NHL player playing at a beer league, and then they lose. And he tweets, just find out it's best of three. What rink could that be at? What beer league final would be best of three? Actually, I've been told since I said that yesterday, most are. You know why? You're selling ice time. That's why. That's Army at 515. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, I uh, love the show, man. Hey, Mark, how you doing, pal? All hail double M. The X at 105.9. Don't forget you can play fantasy football against me. Brought to you by Sheets. Just go to the X website for details. My team for week one has been picked. I got Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to take whoever the Steelers face. At quarterback every week, that's a pretty good bet with that horrible Steeler defense. And I got Juju, and I got A.B. Because they're dope, and they're lit AF, yo. And if you go to the X website and defeat me in fantasy football, it won't matter because I'm getting paid anyway. But you could say you did it, and how many people can say they beat a super genius at anything? Uh, we got Rocco and Shafe on hold. We'll get to them in, in literally like uh, 40 seconds. But uh, 
I want to go over the Penguins' lines for today. Gensel, Crosby, and Sprong. Hagelin, Malkin, Kessel. Simone, Broussard, Rust. Aston, Reese, Collett, and Hornquist. And you heard right, Hornquist would be on the fourth line. And Shahan wasn't available today due to a lingering injury. So the Penguins have a lot up front. If you play Sprong, Hornquist or Rust has to be on the fourth line. Or Rust has to switch to left wings, which right now they seem as if they don't want to do. And they love Dominic Simone. There are literally 13 forwards they want to play. The guys I mentioned plus Shane, and I think Derek Grant, the uh, the fifth center, I think he's a guy they'd like to play too. There's nothing wrong with having 12 pounds of sugar for a 10-pound back. It's always good to have more than not enough, but uh, let's see who plays where before we properly evaluate. Let's go to Rocco and Butler. Rocco, you're on with Double M. Good day. I said good day. So I just wanted to say that you were insinuating that A.B. should be punished the same way Butler was. No, no, I I didn't say that at all. I said A.B. should be punished because he missed a meeting. I said Malcolm right. Butler was punished for what shenanigans were never really made clear, but Bill Belichick made it clear that his rules come first. Right, So, but we don't know what Butler did. I'm assuming it's more severe than missing a meeting if he uh, missed a Super Bowl because of whatever his transgression was. So how can A.B.'s punishment be similar if we don't know what Butler did? Well, I'm assuming it wasn't something that Belichick was crazy about. You see, you're making an excuse for A.B. And, you know, I don't blame you because his passion really carries him. He's a passionate man, and sometimes he just can't keep that in. Okay. And I'm just questioning. I love your show because you're a man of facts. Well, I don't understand how you can think that he shouldn't be punished for missing a meeting. But then again, this is a coach who who didn't even slap Levy and Bell on the wrist when he missed the walkthrough before the playoff game against Jacksonville. And that's why I can't believe that people in this dumbass town don't see Bell and Braun for what they are. As I always say, if somebody tells you what they are, believe them. And A.B. missing a meeting is, is, is something he should be benched for. But Bell last year, Bell no-showed the walkthrough before a playoff game. That's a good point. And it was like nothing bad I mean, they didn't even talk about it. He didn't even get yelled at, I bet. Yeah. Well, you know what? You make a good point, Mark, and I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you for the call. Uh, and as I kept saying, ever since Bell and Brown became focal points of the Steelers, you don't win with guys like that. And so far, I'm right. They've not come close to winning with those two. Unless you consider losing by 19 in an AFC championship game close. Oh, but they've never had the three Bs at the same time for more than a couple games. The world doesn't want to hear about the labor pains. It only wants to see the baby. If you're good enough, you find a way. Plus, Lev Bell, I think he tanks all the time. I'm convinced of that now, looking back. I think if he even is the slightest twinge, he's out. Like that AFC Championship game against New England. How can you not try to play through it in that game? But Lev Bell didn't. Let's go to Shafe in the car. Shafe, you're on with Double M. 
Hey, uh, Super Genius. Um, obviously, the Steelers miss Shazier and his playmaking ability. Uh, I was watching the Raiders and Seattle game the other night, and I saw Khalil Mack and his edge rushing, and I saw Seattle's ball-hawking secondary. Do you have this um, written down? It, it sounds like you're reading this because you're saying things like ball-hawking secondary. <laughs> Nobody I'm in real life up. says ball-hawking secondary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're laughing off cue cards. You sound like Ed McMahon. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, Mark. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I need complete silence. You've had it before. Kevin Benson from Channel Eleven. We do that show Sunday night. He is our Ed McMahon. He's brilliant. Let's go to Rick in Greenfield. Rick. Hi. Hi. Everybody. Well, that's the Hebrew hammer. I don't yeah, goodbye, goodbye. That's the Hebrew hammer with his new stupid chintzy little act. I hear him on the B team all the time, too. You know what? That's okay. Because he always was strictly B team. Callers don't mean a thing. They're transitory. All that matters is the super genius. 412-333-9939. We got Colby Armstrong at, at 515. The Steelers defense. It, I've been asked this question since the first preseason game, maybe before. How do you fix it? How do you fix a defense that missed 17 tackles and defended one pass against Kansas City? How do you fix it? 10590X. X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius. Yeah. Mark, love the show. Well, if I won you over by imitating Dusty Rhodes, the man can dream. So be it, baby. The X at 105.9. Double M talking Steelers, talking Penguins as well. But I cannot get over those defensive stats from the Steeler game. That they missed 17 tackles. And they only defended one pass. And you know who defended the one pass? Stephon Tuitt. I guess he batted the ball down or some such. Think about that. The Steelers' defensive backs didn't touch the football for the entirety of that game against Kansas City. Pat Mahomes is good. He's no Joe Montana dipped in Tom Brady. How can the Steelers' DBs never touch the ball the whole game? That really is truly unbelievable. 412-333-9939, the number to call. I am very uh, anticipatory to see how Ben plays on Monday night, whether road Ben shows up or home Ben. It's on the road. You'd think road Ben, in which case the Steelers might be road kill. But um, Ben usually is at his best when the Steelers are in a must-win situation. And I don't think anybody would argue that they are in a must-win situation. I think if they don't win this game, I don't want to say they'll not compete, not come close. I'd have a shot at maybe a wild card. 
But I think ultimately, if they start out 0-2-1, after being winless in three games, most people thought they would win. All of them, 3-0. and I think that... Uh, I think the best they can hope for is to battle for a wild card and come up short. Maybe make it entertaining, but come up with nothing tangible in a season where a lot of people thought they were going to have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. I want to see how A.B. plays Monday. There's ever been a time for him to put his money where his mouth is. Antonio Brown needs to play well Monday night. How could you argue otherwise? Actually, I'm sure many of you do because he has a lot of passion for the game. He just wants to win, that's all. Yeah, he wants to win, but he wants to always be the reason. And if choice B was down to winning and being invisible or catching 15 passes and losing, Antonio Brown would undoubtedly take catching the 15 passes and losing. I don't understand where people say, again, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. I know I like to do that. It's the business I've chosen. It just dumbfounds me when people say he's a good guy, when there's no evidence whatsoever of him being a good guy. And that includes the 100K check to Children's Hospital. For one thing, that's not much money for a guy of his means to give. For another, you don't know why he gave it. I do know there was a camera present. I do know it's mentioned by his shall we say spokespeople, or maybe stooges at every turn. But so there's no evidence that he's a good guy. There's no evidence he's a good teammate, although inexplicably, his teammates do seem to like him. That's kind of like Phil Kessel, though. I wouldn't call Phil a good teammate, but his teammates like him because they kind of perceive him as a cartoon character. Maybe these Steelers feel the same way about Antonio Brown. Like I said, he's the black Trump. Quote me on that. A.B.'s the black Trump. Listen again to the tape of his media gathering yesterday. A.B.'s the black Trump. He didn't admit to any wrongdoing. He contradicted himself constantly. And then he accused the news media of tormenting him. Didn't yell fake news. That's not a quote, but uh, it was certainly implied. And then it's always, you don't know me. Okay, I don't want to know you. And I don't have to roll around an excrement to know that it stinks. The view of AB from afar, like I keep saying, this might be the 30th time I've said this this week. Maybe you'll finally get it, but I doubt it. When someone tells you what he is, believe him. AB has told you time and again what he is. Let's go to Corey in the car. Corey, you're on with Double M. What up, Big Sexy? What up, man? Assuming that Tomlin is going to continue to minimalize uh, the effects that the chaos is having on the team off of the field, what do you see happening with our season? Do you see, I know you had mentioned about Juju kind of following Brown's lead and going down that road. Do you see it spiraling more out of control? Do you see them getting a couple wins and kind of banding together and straightening it out? What do, you, what do you see for the can rest you, of our Can you season? ask me that question if after the game Monday night? Yes, sir. After the game Monday night, I think if they lose, I think their season has every potential to spiral out of control. I think the players that have been a bit out of control to begin with have the potential to be even more so. 
I, I do find it intriguing that Ed Bouchette thinks Lev Bell might not come at all. Because in a way, I could see it. The Steelers would release him. Not, not this year. But they'd release him after the season. Because they're just not going to put up with that again. You know, keeping him on a technicality. But uh, I think the season could go really haywire. Well, it will have gone really haywire if they start out winless in their first three games. I say again, Corey, that when I said the Steelers would go 10-6, and six, I was kind of in them winning the first three games. Sure. Now, if Brown puts his money where his mouth is, like you said, and they get a you know decent victory on Monday night, do you think that they can overcome what chaos they have in the locker room and, and put a, a half-decent season together from that point on? If they win, if, if, if they win, they have a chance. Because I don't think the division's very good. I think ten and six wins the division. I think if they start one and one and one, they're not going to go ten and six, obviously, but they might go nine six and one, and I still think that wins the division. Sure. But I think if they lose uh, Monday, a lot of air is going to go out of the sales, and I think a lot of air has gone out already of the sales. When I hear Cam Hayward talking about it being early. And I hear Ramon Foster on the B team waxing optimistic. I don't blame either guy. Both are good players. Both try to be leaders, except when it comes to guys like Antonio Brown and Lev Bell. And both are saying what they should say for the sake of being a good teammate. Like, how about when AB says, we suck? I mean, they do, but that's not the way to say it. But the guy is no, a veteran player. The guy, well, the guy has no interest in being a good teammate has always been my point. But... Uh, when I heard Cam and, and Ramon talk, for instance, it sounded to me like they were trying to talk themselves into believing what they were saying. Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, you're on with Double M. Okay, we got some technical. Uh, okay, we'll wait for a second here. Don't forget, we got Bob McLaughlin next. We got Colby Armstrong talking hockey at 5.15. I would love to talk hockey to open the 5 o'clock hour. If you want to talk hockey in that segment, you will get first blush by dialing 412-333-WXDX. Uh, let's go to Ryan in the car. Ryan, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Well, I knew once we got Ryan dialed up, he'd hang up right away. Anyway, up next, we're going to talk to Bob McLaughlin. It's the Mark Madden Show, 1059.com. The super genius, Mark Madden. It'd be the hoity-toity instead of the hoi-polloi. Double M, what's up? Idiots are often happy, but they have no real impact in this world. Unless, of course, they're good enough to make the NFL. The X at 105.9. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Oh, before I forget, Jason Mackey uh, from the Post-Gazette, the hockey writer, just tweeted regarding the Penguins line combinations, which have Hornquist on the fourth line today at practice. Seeing a lot of worry about today's lines slash pairings. Sullivan is experimenting. We knew this. No surprise. It'll all be okay. Promise. Yeah, I get it, but uh, the right wings are Kessel, Sprong, Hornquist, and Rust. And none is a fourth liner. So somebody's going to be pissed. Disappointed. In the press box. Traded. Not everyone will see it turn out the way they want it to. Anyway, Bob, uh, I talked about the two most shocking stats I've heard quite some time in football. That the Steelers missed 17 tackles 
against Kansas City, and they only defended one pass. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? Unbelievable. And then I remember you. Uh, I remember you talking with Jerry Dulac yesterday, and him saying that it was Stephon Tuitt who got the one up there. Um, well, we can all think of one tackle that was missed, Terrell Edmonds. You know, as he let them walk right into the end zone, just bounced off uh, on that touchdown. The Steelers have got some problems. Uh, um, I'm glad that they got Joe Hayden back. But boy, the way Fitzmagic is playing, um, I think he's just going to be able to take advantage of that secondary all night long. It doesn't look good for them uh, Monday night. Unless he doesn't, because again, his hot runs always have an expiration date. And the usual, just just stuttering to a halt. I don't know when it's going to be. And he's a good backup. Yeah, But the reason he's a backup is because he can't sustain the play he's displaying. That said, he is two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Week after just two weeks of the season. I don't know how anybody could sustain that. Well, he's going to have confidence going into Monday night. Um, If you were a betting man, which one do you think shows up Monday? The one who has a good half and then totally falls apart? Or the one that has done what he's done the first two weeks of the season so far and puts up 400-plus? I don't think it's possible for a quarterback to fall apart against that Steeler pass defense. It's, yeah, I agree with I, you. I think, I, think, I think you have to miss a lot of throws to not have a good game. I agree with you. Um, you know, and they haven't shown anything that they can protect the, inter- the inside of the field with those linebackers and what, what they're trying to do. Uh, like I talked about, good to get Joe Hayden back. You know, a little bit better deep coverage. Um, but, boy... Just so many questions. What is the where? Where do you start in fixing it? Well, Hayden will help. He's not a cure all, but he'll help. I think they've screwed up a lot of things with that defense, Bob. I think having Cam Sutton play a million different positions at training camp made him the jack of all trades, master at none, and he struggled at cornerback, which was his original position when called upon to play there. I think they underestimated how bad their linebackers are. Mm-hmm. I think they have one good linebacker, and that's T.J. Watt. Watt. And I think he's more about potential than consistency. So they're in a lot of trouble there. And uh, I think Cam Hayward's played okay the first two games. So has Stephon Tuitt, but they need more than okay from those two. Morgan Burnett's been hurt and invisible. It's just been a stink sandwich. Even Javon Hargrave, he doesn't even play that much anymore. What the hell happened to that guy? Well, the other thing is, you know, the one thing I noticed about the last game, and I saw this, somebody else pointed it out, I can't remember who, but Stefan Tuitt was out for a bunch of plays the first two weeks. Like, he's not getting as many snaps as he used to get. I don't know if it's conditioning, if there is some sort of early injury. I haven't seen anything like that. Um, but, boy, they're, they're going to have to figure out something. I mean, it's the secondary. We all know there. Joe Hayden will help. Um, I don't know if Cam Sutton, you know, gets more snaps than Sensabaugh this this week. Um, but so many problems out there right now. Bob, if you're playing Cody Sensabaugh, you have hit rock but, bottom. But at some points he played better than Sutton. I know. I mean, there's the question. You just talked about they got one defended pass you last week. You said better than Sutton. He didn't play well. Well, <laughs> neither of them, I guess, you could use the they word They 42 well. points. Yeah. I mean, after having watched that game twice, I said, boy, Mahomes was real good. Had he not been real good, he still might have thrown for all those touchdowns and all those yards. And Jerry Dulac talked with you yesterday about they have the same kind of weapons that you saw with Kansas City. They've got the stud young tight end. They've got the good running back. Oh, they, they don't have a good running back. Their, their rushing attack is, is, is bad. Well, they can catch out of the backfield. 
Yeah, I'm not too worried about their their run game. I mean, catch out of the backfield. I'm worried anytime the opposition quarterback puts the ball in the air. Except this week, because I have Fitzpatrick <laughs> in fantasy league. Brought to you by Sheets. Well, even I mean, here's the other thing. You can have Ben a, a caller this hour. I think it was said. Do you think AB and Ben hook up again and have a big night Monday night against uh, the Buccaneers? That might not matter. You might have you know AB go for 150 plus and maybe a touchdown or two. You might have Ben hooking up with everybody all over the field, whether it's Jesse James or Washington or Juju. If that defense doesn't hold them, we could see another 42-35. We could see a 35-31, something like that. And we may see that all season long, not just Monday night. By the way, Bob, their running backs have only caught uh, five balls out of the backfield in two games. So I, I don't see that as, as a major factor heading into this game against the Bucs. Uh, we talked a moment ago about the Penguins line combinations. Uh, what's your take on that glut at wing, which we knew was there, but when you got to put the lines together, like I said earlier, Bob, 12 pounds of sugar in a 10-pound bag, and that's not a bad thing unless you're a top-six winger on the fourth line like Patrick Hornquist was today at practice. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I was shocked at that one, and I'll go with uh, I'll follow your take on it and say that the Penguin strength is right down the center. You got Broussard to be a center. Uh, keep him at center, third-line center. Well, no, no, no. In this lineup, with these lines, he is at center. Well, but that's what I'm saying. You can't move anything around. You start with who you have at center. You got your one, two, three. You put Shea in at four, and then you work around that. I don't see any machination with that as to how Hornquist, though, lines up on the fourth line. I do agree with Mackey, though. I don't think this is what we're going to see game one or first week or first couple weeks of the season. Okay, then what are we going to see? Because if Sprong's going to play top six, if he's going to start the season with Sid... Somebody drops below their usual spot on the depth chart, and potentially, like I said, in a big way. What if Rust is the fourth line right wing? Now that's a hell of a fourth line right wing, but I'm sure he wouldn't be happy. Yeah, but I don't think it has to do with who's happy. I mean, with the no, no, the no, jam- it, it doesn't. But you know, it just I think they're going to find a way to jam Simone in there. Right. It makes me wonder how short the leash will be on Sprong, who the coaches don't like, but. Right now, maybe they do because he's still skating with Crosby and has done throughout a week of camp. Well, let me ask you this. If they do go with mixing and matching some things the first week or two of the season, or maybe even let's just go with the preseason now with these two home games right now, do you care what they do in the next preseason games? I would rather them experiment then than not have any idea and still be working things out as you get into the season. Oh, no. And, and the lines are always very liquid. I was going to send her Mike Sullivan, but really under any coach, he believes in the two-man combinations, and you move the other guys around. It'll be Gino and Phil. It'll be uh, Sid and Jake. And and by way of wrapping this segment up, Bob, I wonder, it, it seems like he's really committed to Phil and Gino together because they've been skating on a line throughout the entirety of camp, and that's not always, not always been the case with Sullivan. Yeah, that uh, that question came up last year, too, at some points, You know, whether you keep those two on the same line or maybe you spread them out a little bit and try and see if some other magic happens. Um, boy, they're loaded. I, I know you did the column the other day. The Penguins are loaded. I think that they work all of this out. I think they're an absolute match for the Capitals and other teams in the Metro, um, you know, barring any injury. I mean, there may be an injury coming up that we have no idea about yet, which is really going to change the lines up, possibly to a center, uh, one of the main centers, and you know, God forbid, 
but at least they have depth. They have things that they can move around in case that happens. That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk about something that got to be painful to Pittsburgh football fans. And it doesn't directly involve the Steelers. 105.9 X.